0: Hi, my name is Ure, and I'll be doing the second Bible reading from the book of Romans, chapter 8, verses 12 to 17. So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Hi, my name's John. We are working through our series, Set Apart set apart by God and for God. And today we're looking at the topic of the glory of adoption, what God did for us in Christ. But now let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that as we consider this part of Scripture, help us to see the glory of adoption, the privilege that we can call you Father, and how we must respond in light of it. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it was the 1950s and the country of Korea was ravaged and devastated by the Korean War. It was a war that cost over two and a half million lives and 10 million people were displaced. And at that time, Korea was one of the most destitute nations in the world. And as you can imagine, it was a very difficult time to be living or just trying to survive. Thousands upon thousands of children became orphans because their parents died in a war. They were the ravages of war. And it was in 1952 when an American evangelist from Chicago, a Presbyterian minister by the name of Everett Swanson, he was invited to go over to Korea to preach the gospel to disheartened Korean troops. And while he was there, he was out for dinner one night and a young Korean boy stole his coat and ran away. Reverend Swanson chased after this boy through the war-torn town. And eventually he found his coat on the floor. He picked it up and he finds under his coat the face of a frightened young boy huddled under it and shivering away. And as he looked around, he saw other coats and rags and under each one huddled under it were other Korean children trying to stay warm in the bitter cold. And what would you do if that was you? Well, he was so moved by compassion. He went back to the restaurant, got some soup, came back, gave it to the children. But that night he couldn't sleep, troubled for the children. So he got up early, went back to see how the little ones were. And when he was there, he he saw a big truck outside with soldiers and they were dumping piles of rags into the truck. And that's what the trucks were doing every morning. Now, of course, they weren't just rags. They were the orphans who didn't make it through the night Reverend Swanson he was so devastated by what he saw his heart so broken and so full when he got back to Chicago he he told his friend of the horror of it all and his friend gave him a $1,000 he went back and started to build orphanages by 1955 built 5 1957 21 1960 170 orphanages And by the end of the war, 22,000 war orphans were saved. And that was the beginning of Compassion International. It's an amazing story, isn't it? It moved my heart when I first heard it. But do you know how that story became even more amazing? You see, seeing the great need, a couple in America, Bertha and Harry Holt, adopted eight of the Korean war orphans and brought them to America. Those Who were not loved were now loved. Those orphans who were not clothed, now they were clothed. Those orphans who were homeless, now they had a home. Those who had no name were now given a new name, adopted as sons and daughters into a loving family. In fact, in 65 years since then, it led to 170,000 Korean children adopted by families in more than 29 countries. Now, that was a true story, but it is also the spiritual story of every single person who becomes a Christian. To be welcomed, loved, given new clothes, a a new home, a new name as they are adopted into the family of God. It is the doctrine, the truth, the promise of adoption that lies at the climax of salvation. And that is what we're considering today. And that's what we see in our passage. When the Apostle John, when he wrote this down, in 1 John, you can almost sense his exuberance as he penned these words. Look at verse 1 with me. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us. Or in the old English, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. That we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. Now, you have to understand how wonderful and glorious that is. You see, spiritually speaking, we are like orphans. No one in this world has a claim on heaven, no one in this world has a claim on the love of God, and it would be wrong for anyone to think everyone is a child of God. That is wrong. No, you see, you only become a child of God by adoption. It is God's initiative, the Father's initiative to adopt, His choice. And all the cost of adoption is borne by the Father. You see, for any of those Korean children to be adopted by families in the US or Germany or Australia, the orphans, they had nothing to offer. They couldn't pay their way. They couldn't purchase their airfare but it was the parents who paid the cost. And of course, not just the financial costs, but the gracious, self-giving love to bring a stranger into their home and to say, you are my son, you are my daughter. And of course, that is the Christian story. That cost, that God the father paid was the cost of his own dear son Jesus Christ who went out of his home so that we could come in who bled on the cross so that we can be cleansed who died so that we might have life that's the Christian story and the climax is adoption oh what manner of love the father has bestowed upon us and so that's why the apostle Paul now in Romans in verse 15 have a look He said, You received the spirit of sonship. Now, now, sonship, because sons were the heirs in the ancient world, and and all the children were all elevated as heirs. That's what Paul is saying. And then we read, And by him we cry, Abba, Father. Abba is like daddy. It, It is that type of intimacy that God allows for, that type of closeness of relationship. And it is the most glorious privilege. John Owen the Puritan he called it our fountain privilege because it is royalty that we're talking about children of the king of the universe. You see when I reflected on this topic it still baffles me that God will bestow upon us such a privilege because to become a child of God is to also become an heir of God. Now do you know that scene from the movie The Lion King when Mufasa, the king, he sits on pride rock and he looks over the horizon and then he says to his son, Simba, his heir, everything that the light touches is our kingdom. It's just a beautiful scene. Well, God says everything in the entire universe, from the mighty oceans to the furthest flung star, everything is our kingdom. And everything is yours. What belongs to Christ belongs to you. You see that in verse 17. Now if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. You see, God did not have to go to that extent at all. He loved us. He loves us. But he didn't have to go to that extent. Adoption is one thing. But to make us co-heirs with Christ... So extraordinary, it's been described like a fairy tale. In fact, J.I. Packer, he said, It is like a fairy story. The reigning monarch adopts waifs and strays to make princes of them. But praise God, it is not a fairy story. It is hard and solid fact, founded on the bedrock of free and sovereign grace. And such is the glory of adoption. And so what difference does that make? Or what difference must it make to those who belong to the family of God? Well, imagine again if you were like one of those Korean children. You were living in the freezing cold but now you have the warmth of a home. You were scraping around for food and rubbish but now you have more than enough. You walked around with the stench of filth and death. But now you have new clothes, a new life. Your future was bleak, but now it is filled with hope. What difference must that make for any child? What would you say? What would you do? Well, any decent human being would at that point say to to his or her parent, how can I repay you? I'll mow the lawns, I'll do the gardening, I'll clean the toilets, I'll do anything you want. But what might a parent say i don't need you to repay me you are my son you are my daughter you bear my name just live like you belong and in a sense that is the difference adoption into the family of god must make we can never repay not in a million years But we can start living like we belong to the family of God. We bear the family trait. We bring honour to God. We please our Father in heaven. And that's what we see in verse 2 of 1 John chapter 3. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. That is, When we are brought into the family of God, God is working in our hearts and in our lives so that one day we will look like our older brother Jesus Christ. We'll be like him in in character, in holiness, in righteousness. But until then, look at verse 3 with me. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. That is, live like you belong in the family of God pure, like God is pure. And that is worth reflecting on, because we must all ask ourselves if we belong to God, what kind of child am I? Now imagine again, you're one of those orphans adopted by a loving family. They've given you everything you have. They've given you their heart. But you live a life of selfishness in a household. You're rude and harsh and mean to your siblings you always get the best for yourself the biggest portions you're the first to eat the last to clean or never at all and you never share and you never once express your thanks or gratitude to your mum and dad you show them disrespect and you dishonor them by your behavior now what do you call such a child now your parents are so patient so gentle so so forgiving. But you still think the household revolves around you. What do you call such a child? Well, there's a word for it. It's called a brat, a spoiled brat. About seven years ago, I spoke at a camp and I met this young lady at this camp. And after one of my talks, she came and we had a chat. And she said to me, I grew up in a Christian family. I went to Sunday school, went to youth group, but I just don't take my faith seriously now. I'm a Christian, but I don't look like one. I don't live like one. Now, how did I respond? What, what can a guest preacher say at a camp like that? Well, I said to her as sensitively as possible, don't be a brat. Now, I didn't leave it at that. I also said, God in his great mercy and love adopted you into his family. You got into the family not because you deserved it. It cost God his son. So you can never be satisfied with your level of sin. Nor can you be satisfied with your level of godliness. Live like you belong. Don't be a brat. Now she didn't go away crying after that. Instead what happened was she took it extremely well. And perhaps it showed that she realised I'm still a daughter of God. And that's what we see. Look at verse 3. We're called to this. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. That is, live like you belong. Be pure just as God is pure. And perhaps during this season we are all to reflect on, oh what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. And so if that is true, how can I be a brat in the family of God? Instead, I must live like I belong. And I have to say how evident that has been amongst so many of you. Some of you have lost your jobs. But you rest in the comfort that your Heavenly Father will take care of you. Some of you are suffering from loneliness, from the isolation, from the lack of physical fellowship. But you remember that your Heavenly Father will never forsake you. Some of you who not only notice the needs of those around you, but you take the initiative to contact them, to pray for them, to love, to serve, to care you are displaying what it looks like to live and belong to the family of God. Some of you who are feeling anxiety and depression or sadness, but you remember my worth, my identity has not changed in the eyes of God because I'm still a child of God. The glory of adoption means that we are to live like we belong because that is who we are. And so what is your story? Are you an orphan, spiritually speaking, doing life the hard way, fending for yourself, without Almighty God to look out for you, without the Heavenly Father to love you now and into all eternity? You see, Jesus said, To all who receive him and believe in him, he gives the right to become children of God, which means submitting yourself, surrendering yourself to the love of God, I can't do life without you, God. I can never earn a place with you, God. But because of Jesus Christ, your son, who died and came back to life, you grant me a place in your family. So please take me in. And if that is you, do let us know because we want to help you with that step. And for the rest of us, what is your story? What kind of child are you? And how are you living in the household of God? Everett Swanson, he he did a a marvellous thing, a gracious, loving thing, changed so many lives along with the thousands upon thousands of parents who adopted. I can't help but just imagine the thousands of lives that are changed for the better because of it. But the glory of adoption is the Christian story. It is one that will go on from this age into all eternity. And there is no greater privilege in the entire universe because the God of the universe says, You are mine. Ollie, you are my son. Michelle, you are my daughter. Barry, you are my son. Margaret, you are my daughter. It is the fountain privilege. Oh, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. And I know in my heart of hearts, I need to be reminded again and again and again of that promise. It's more than just being accepted by God when I repent. It's more than just being forgiven when I seek it. But it is to belong to God as his child. So I live like I belong. In worship, in prayer, in love, in service, in godliness, in purity. But at the same time, rest in the measureless love and the comforting embrace of my father's arms. And so how are you living in the household of God? Oh, the mercy of God, the glory of grace that you chose to redeem us, to forgive and restore. And you call us your children chosen in him to be holy and blameless to the glory of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, what a great privilege it is that you have given us, that we can call you Father and be considered your children, how measureless your love. And so help us all, Lord, to live like we belong. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.